Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Nintendo's podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jake. And I am the other host, Brayden. And together, we make the Nintendo's podcast. What's up? Which is a podcast where we talk about Nintendo. We're going to talk about Switch games every week, what we've been playing recently, or even we're thinking about doing maybe even some mini throwbacks to like Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey. Some of those Switch classics that you know are (laughs) going to be around for a long time. That we just haven't talked about yet. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And then towards the end of the show, we talk about a Nintendo gem, which is a Nintendo game that is not from the Switch generation that we want to highlight and talk about and talk about all of our memories and put it in the Nintendo Gems Hall of Fame. Which has been a work in progress since we started this podcast as well. But at some point, a Hall of Fame will exist. Oh, of some yes, sort. please. I, I want that. Okay. <laughs> I want that badly. So yeah, uh, what have you been playing this week, Brayden? So this week was kind of a big week in the Nintendo gamer sphere uh, in that Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition came out for the Switch. It is just a remaster, um, just a remaster, um, of the Wii Classic Xenoblade Chronicles, which we are going to talk about uh, probably next week. It sounds like we're going to have a special guest. Yeah, next week we're going to have... um one of my lifetime friends on, huge Xenoblade fan. He's eating up Definitive Edition right now, as I know you are. Yes. Or I, at least you are, you're playing it. I'm, I'm slogging through it. And that sounds bad, but. <laughs> I guess it works out because that'll give you a little bit more time. Yes. Um, it's a massive, massive game. It is a big game. We would like to talk um, impressions, but I think, I think we've decided to save that for next week for a more full, in-depth look. Yes. So uh, rest assured... We, we will talk about it. We will get to Xenoblade. At, so. at length. Because if I know Clay, I know he likes Xenoblade. So he's going to have a lot to say I'm really about looking, this game. I'm really looking forward to it. So um, that's cool. Side, side little note about Xenoblade. Did you see the controversy about IGN's review of it? I didn't, no. So uh, IGN reviewed it uh, at Embargo, which was a few days before the game came out, I think. They gave it an 8 out of 10. But the controversy, I guess, was... They mispronounced, like, everyone's names. Oh, in the review video? Yeah. Um, So I don't know. Like I said last week, I'm not a Xenoblade guy. I don't know really anything about it. But they mispronounced all the names. From what I've heard, and I talked to Clay about this, so I have insider confirmation, I guess. All of their main issues, like, the game is great except for this, are all settings that can be changed and, like, turned off or turned on or whatever. Um, And... They also were like, this game is the best way to experience Xenoblade Chronicles. But, and I sympathize with this because different reviewers probably reviewed all the games. uh, The 3DS version got like an 8.5 or a 9. And the Wii version got a 9. And they give the Switch one an 8. Wow. So everyone was like, but you said it was the best version. And yet it's lower than the other versions. Uh Uh-huh. So there's been a lot of controversy. What a hullabaloo. Yeah. I don't know. Not a lot. It's just like in the little Xenoblade fandom. Right. You know, I guess. But I I saw a video about it and I thought it was interesting. And I would like to, I don't know, just put in that I understand all of the, everyone being upset about all of that. But I would say give the website a little bit of slack when it comes to the review scores being different. Because I think about that a lot as someone who works for a, a website, you know, mm-hmm. where there have probably been at least, I mean, Noisy Pixel has been around for almost two years. And in those two years, I would say there's probably been about 15 people that have worked it that have reviewed games. And there is definitely a chance that I review a game that someone reviewed the original, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, wait a minute, you hated this game, but Noisy Pixel gave the first one 
an 8.5, right. but you gave it a 5. Yeah. What's up with that? And uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm almost positive that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. I could have egg on my face. I didn't yeah. look at this. But um, I sympathize for that because everyone looks at these, you know, big things as, oh, IGN gave it this. Right. And that's and what that IGN matters. thinks. Right. Um, and people, with everything, GameSpot gave it this. Mm-hmm. Noisy Pixel gave it this. I'm, it's a little bit different since we're a podcast, but like Nintendo's gave it this, you know. Yeah. But I, th- I think with that, you got to sympathize a little bit with the individual person. Because I know you and Clay are going to have a lot of talk about Xenoblade and you're probably going to have at least slightly different opinions. I think so. And your, your rating might even differ by a ha- half a point. But both of those are still going to be quote-unquote Nintendo's opinions, mm-hmm. you know? So. Right. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting thing to bring up. Yeah. And get your, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you think about that whole that's a, situation? That's a really interesting conundrum. And I would, I guess that's more like IGN's prerogative, just how consistent they want to appear and seem, um, you know, it would have been interesting if they could have gotten the same reviewer that played the game 10 years ago on the Wii or whatever, mm. you know, that would be interesting. And, and then I, I think it would be valid to critique the difference in the score. But like you said, different people are going to come away with different results and right. scores. And so that, I don't know. I'll let them slide. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about the game. I, to your point, I love the game. It is not perfection in my eyes. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to bounce ideas off clay and see what, uh, you know, if he, he has rebuttals to my complaints. I guess we'll see. All right. So yeah, I guess, I guess I'll go ahead and get into what I've been playing. Yes. So I've been playing um, in the past week, Two major games on Switch, and I would consider them both pretty major. I haven't told you the first one yet, but... It's uh, been in the dark. I uh, I spent a few hours with and reviewed um, the Outer Worlds on Switch. That's the right. Outer Worlds Switch port. And I, remember, I feel like I remember talking to you about the Outer Worlds back when it came out originally, and you mentioning you wanted to play it on Switch. Mm-hmm. So I reviewed it for Noisy Pixel. I got it a few days early. Uh, I didn't... Had you played it prior? Yes. Uh, I played it prior, completely beat it, loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I say a few hours, because I'm not going to act like I played through the whole game on Switch, because I've, you know, been busy. I was working on... I got that game when I was finishing up my TakeOver review, so I was still having to play that a little bit, Yeah, which I mentioned last week. So I w- played probably about five to ten hours mm-hmm. of it, and it is not a good port, in Ugh. my opinion. Um, it's hard to rate ports like this. I had to... I, I did a lot of, a lot of thought and contemplation about what to give it. Um, I ended up giving it a seven because it's still a good game. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how no one, I don't think anyone should be playing The Witcher 3 for the first time on Switch, but it's still The Witcher 3. Yeah. That's how I feel about The Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. I literally said that, I think, in my conclusion. If you can play The Outer Worlds literally anywhere else other than um, Switch, mm-hmm. do it because it's just such a vastly superior experience everywhere else, graphically and technically. But then the core of the game the story, the gameplay, the combat, which isn't perfect, but I, I like the amazing dialogue, trees, it's all there. So it, it, it was impossible for me to give it a bad rating. Sure. And I saw a lot of people still giving it like an 8, an 8.5, because it's the Outer Worlds on Switch. And, mm-hmm. and it worked. It functioned. It functions, but it does not function well. I'm telling you, I, I, should, I should show you when we, when we get off. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks bad. I saw some pretty garbled screenshots of just textures bleeding together and not ever fully loading. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. You should watch the digital foundry video on it. Do you know them? They're a, uh, they're, they're a big YouTube channel that 
does like graphics comparisons. Like mm-hmm. they'll always do the here's Modern Warfare running on PS4 Pro and Xbox Series X, you yeah. know, or and then also on a high end PC, you know. And so they have a, I think they have one where it's a comparison between the Switch version and like a high end PC, and then they have one where it's compared against the base Xbox One, which is its weakest, the other the next weakest thing that the game is on, mm-hmm. and it still looks like world different really yeah it's a uh, good it's a competent port in the sense that it plays the and, game and that some people are going to be playing this game for the first time right and like i said all the gameplay all the story is there and the best thing in my opinion about the outer world is its story and its freedom to create your own character and there's you know it's a it's a mm-hmm. very very good rpg I'll, i guess i'll go ahead and get that out of the way go play the outer worlds if you have an xbox it's on game pass um that's how i played it because it came out and I, I don't subscribe to Game Pass every month, but I was like, oh, I can pay $10 for a month of Game Pass or I can pay $60 to get mm-hmm. Outer Worlds on Switch or on a PlayStation or Xbox. But so yeah. point is it's on Game Pass mm-hmm. um, and it's, I think it's $30 right now on PlayStation. An issue that I have with um, how a lot of people value games is it feels like people quantify how good a game is or what it's worth with how, with how long it is mm-hmm. which i understand in some areas like if i'm paying 60 dollars for a game i want more than a five hour experience sure i'll give you that but you know doom 2016 which if i'm remembering correctly you can beat in six to ten hours yeah. the single player mode at mm-hmm. least that's i think i beat it in around 10 hours yeah. but i've heard people can beat it faster um, as opposed to Persona 5 Royal, which is like a 200-hour game. Um, some people would say, well, Persona 5 is the better game because it's 200 hours for the same price as Doom or Doom right. Eternal, which is 10 hours. And I I don't really like that argument, especially as that argument had a lot more sense when I was in high school mm-hmm. and I had a lot of free time. Um, but as someone who, as you can attest, working a full-time job and I'm a full, you know, full-time student mm-hmm. as well, Sometimes it's very nice to have 20 hours, which is digestible. You can beat it in a week or two. And you can tell they put everything they needed to and not much more. They didn't over, they didn't bloat the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really nailed what they were going for. Yeah. And 20, 25 hours, that sounds like a treat to me. Right. Because it's like, I love Assassin's Creed games, but like they can be so bloated. I platinumed Assassin's Creed Odyssey on PlayStation. And uh, I loved that game and I loved every minute I put into it. And I fully went for it. But, um... It was, it took me like 90 hours, you know, <laughs> and, um, Persona 5, I, I got about Persona 5 Royal in, on when it came out March 31st. Um, I'm still making my way through it. It's my like me, me time game. Yeah. And I'm like 45 hours in and it could take me another two months, yeah. two or three months to finish that game. And of course this is me where my, my full time quote unquote full time job is playing video games. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a special case, I guess, because if I was only playing Persona 5, I would have beaten it long ago. Right. But all that to be said, it, it is nice to have bite-sized experiences. Mm-hmm. It's not even bite-sized. 20, 25 hours is still a long time. Right. You know? But it just feels good, you know? Yeah. It doesn't feel bloated, like you said. Yeah. I finished it. I remember when I when I beat it, when I played it the first time, I was like, oh, did I just beat it? <laughs> and I was like, nice. Because again, I was playing it for review. But it also wasn't a game that I got code for, so I was like playing it after, so I was trying to beat it as fast as possible. Uh-huh. And it was I was expecting a like sixty hour yeah. Skyrim esque experience, mm-hmm. which you don't get. Spoiler alert! But I don't think anyone will be lit down. All right, man. 
That was tight. That was a tight sales pitch. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, cause I, I've, I've been wanting to play the outer worlds. Um, as a host of a Nintendo podcast, I probably shouldn't be saying this, especially on the podcast. Um, you've may have even convinced me not to play it on the switch, but oh. you have convinced me to go play this game. I hope I convince you not to play it on the switch <laughs> because it's a great game. And if you can only play it on the switch, it is a way to play it and a way to experience it. And I think you'll still have a good time. But if you can play it anywhere else, play it anywhere else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I am, I was especially happy when uh, my boss was like, hey, can you review this game on Switch? Because I, you know, one, I knew it was going to be an easy review because I was just reviewing the port. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to spend another 30 hours on the game. But also, I knew I'd get to talk about it on here. Yay! So, and I love, I love, it's always really exciting when games like that get announced for Switch, which is something that is going to completely go away in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the AAA big big name title? Yeah, like, this might not be true, but uh, I'm going to have the hope and assume that at least from the PS5 Series X, uh, all the AAA games are going to be, I think, like Cyberpunk mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cyberpunk is a game that will never play no. on Switch. No. And uh, most of those AAA games will not play on Switch. Which begs the question, Switch Pro. What do you think? Can we not call it the Switch Pro? they'll they'll have something smart in that well I say that but isn't it the Switch Lite yeah yeah yeah, so okay that's kind of what everyone thought Mm -hmm. it might be called so I wouldn't mind an upgraded version I don't feel like the Switch necessarily needs to compete with the Series X PS5 at least yet Mm. it doesn't seem like that's what Nintendo's going for necessarily. Yeah. It seems like they're kind of trying to sweep up the the, the rest of the last gen games and see if we, you know, they can bring those over to well, Switch. Well, and, and Switch is, Switch is like the only console now, and I will say only, that completely 100% rests on its Nintendo exclusives because, you know, people can make the argument that PlayStation does the same thing. PlayStation has amazing exclusives. Mm-hmm. But there are still a lot of people that play PlayStation for Call of Duty and just Call of Duty and they just like PlayStation better than Xbox because all their friends have it or mm-hmm. they like the color blue better than the color green, you know. Um, yeah. So that's just something that's, that is completely unique to Switch. And Nintendo was able to pull themselves out of the Wii U generation and save themselves from becoming a Sega, uh-huh. you know. Isn't it weird? I don't know. Just most of my, and again, shows my age, but... At this point, most of my gaming life has been Wii on, and since the Wii on, Nintendo has just been a side project, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, from "quote unquote" main gaming. Right. And isn't it weird to think about how in '64, GameCube, SNES, NES, they were Those. the they were up, they were direct competitors with everything mm-hmm. else. Whereas now, like like you like what you were saying, you don't think they really need to, and they don't because the Switch is a complementary system. I really think it is. A lot of people, it's the main system. My girlfriend's not a gamer, but she has a Switch. That's all she has. Um, and there are definitely people like that. There are people that are going to be like me when I was a kid, that I all I had was a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But it sells so well because people like me who have a PlayStation and an Xbox or even people that have a PC see Breath of the Wild or they see Splatoon or they see Animal Crossing and they say, oh, I want to get that. And then they do. And it's a complimentary system, uh-huh. you know? I, I do read a lot about... PC master race folk that have their switches, their their side piece, like you said. Yeah, and I really, I also really like the switch as like an indie system. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really leaned into that this this generation. Yeah, it's kind of becoming the um, uncensored game system. What do you mean? 
Um, so Sony used to always be the the system to go to for games that push the line. Mm-hmm. Not like adult games, you know, not but, adult only, you know. But bordering on like dating sim right. type stuff. Like, oh, this is a Japanese game starring a girl of nebulous age, you know, <laughs> and she's in skimpy bikinis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've kept up with this, but as someone who's also in the PlayStation ecosystem, PlayStation is cutting down on that and is like, nope, we are censoring and Nintendo oddly enough, in an un-Nintendo move, is not. And so now there's a lot of games, I can't think of any off the top of my head because that'd be too convenient. (laughs) Um, But Nintendo is the one now where there are some of these games that are coming out and the only place on a console to play them uncensored, like in their full original form, is on the Switch. That's bizarre. I've, I've been out of that loop. I mean, I'm not in that loop. I'm like tangentially in it because I enjoy anime, but I'm not, I don't really play those kinds of games. Um, but there are games like that that have come to Switch. Like I was saying, Sony used to be the system for that. Uh-huh. And now it's now it's become the Switch. Yeah. So, like, an- like another whole conversation is with past console generations, you can say the GameCube generation. And you know that also includes Xbox, PlayStation 2, yeah. you know. Or you can say... In 64 generation. Or, you yeah. know, you, you can say a generation mm-hmm. and it, it all equals... But you can't do that anymore. The Wii U existed for a hot moment in the beginning of the PlayStation and the Xbox One, and then it died. And then in the middle of it, of this console generation, they just said, here's the Switch. Yep. And I think the Switch is supposed to have anywhere from, I think I, I think it's probably going to be around for like seven years, mm-hmm. five I, b- between five and 10, I think. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get the next Switch, it's going to be halfway through PS5 and Xbox One's mm-hmm. life cycle. So it's like, what generation is this? <laughs> you know? That's so interesting. Because it's like, this this system is cool. And it, 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 it Nintendo has a way of making their games just look good. Even though I know that this is not nearly as powerful as a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One. And it won't come close to a PS5. But I know Breath of the Wild 2 is still going to look as good or it's still going to feel as good and it won't look right. noticeably worse than Horizon Zero Dawn 2 sure. or Bloodborne 2 or God of War 2, you know? Do you think that's a in, like an implicit bias? I don't think that's the right term. Is that a, a purchaser's bias? I don't think so. Um, or does Nintendo really just know how to make their own games look good on their own hardware? I think Nintendo just knows how to work with their hardware, mm-hmm. you know? Which, because like... I've recently gotten back into Splatoon 2 mm-hmm. um, because I was with one of my friends and we were hanging out um, and he was like, hey, do you want to play Splatoon? I've been back into it. And we both forgot it was the return Splatfest weekend. So we got on and it was like, oh my God, Mayo versus Ketchup. And so it like got me like back into it. So mm-hmm. I've been playing it in my spare time. And that game looks amazing, dude. I think that game looks so good. And Nintendo just knows how to work their hardware. Mm-hmm. Same, same way Animal Crossing looks great. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, and th- there are definitely moments where you can see the oh, yeah, this isn't as good as it could look if it was running on a PlayStation or a PC. Mm-hmm. But um, most of the time, it's like, oh, man, this game looks beautiful, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I guess my point is saying that uh, the Switch is probably on the level, if not a little bit better than a 360 or a PS3. All of Nintendo's games, I think, look better than any game that was ever on a 360 or a PS3. I would agree with that. Cool. Yeah, so that was, at least a bit of a tangent, but I thought an interesting tangent. Hope I- you guys... Liked that conversation. I think it's nice to break away from specific games and, you know, just talk about the the video game industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, but now let's, I guess we get back into specific games. Yes. And we'll talk about 
the second game that I've been playing this week. It's almost like you've been playing like 52 games. You could say that. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a, I wouldn't call it a big Nintendo game, but it is a Nintendo published game. So I felt obligated to get it as a Nintendo fan. I'm really glad I'm not living in the Wii U era because I feel like I would be one of those guys that felt obligated to buy all the games. Yeah. And then I'd be buying like, I'd be paying $60 for like Amiibo Festival and, <laughs> you know, Mario Tennis, whatever that one was. That was terrible. But yeah, okay. The game is uh, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. I first heard about this game just a couple weeks ago. Nintendo, uh, since they haven't been doing their directs, they have just been dropping kind of these random trailers for games that are coming out in the near future. Paper Mario being... A big example just a couple weeks ago, and uh, they did the same thing for this Clubhouse Games, and I I watched that three or four minute trailer where it went through all 51 games, and uh, I don't know. I, I haven't picked this up yet. Um, what's What have been your impressions? So, funny enough, I will say um, this caught my attention because it was in the last direct that they did. Oops. Um, <laughs> it, it was, um, and I was like, what is this? Because um, I'm always in for... Games you can only play on Switch, you know. I don't sure. know, and I, I don't think I knew at the time that it was a Nintendo game. Point is, it caught my attention because it looked cool, and I also watched that trailer that you watched. That was like, here's a spotlight of every game for like five seconds, you mm-hmm. know, just to show what every game is. Um, because the folks at Noisy Pixel don't work with the folks at Nintendo yet, so it was a my own purchase decision, personal pickup. Yeah, um, and yeah, so watching that video was made me go, I gotta get this. I gotta check this out. Um, and I am so glad that I did because I think it is an, a fantastic little little compilation uh-huh. of 52 games, not 51. Well, 51 games and a piano <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> that you mess around with. So Clubhouse Games is f- 51 worldwide classics. And those 51 worldwide classics are, here we go. Can I do this in one take? I'm going to take a swig of water. Mancala, Dots and Boxes, Yacht Dice, Four in a Row, Hit and Blow, Nine Men's Morris, Hex, Checkers, Hare and Hounds, Gomoku, Dominoes, Chinese Checkers, Ludo, Batgammon, Renegade, Chess, Shogi, Mini Shogi, Hanafuda, Rich, Richie Mahjong, which I definitely didn't say right, Last Card, Blackjack, Texas Hold'em, President, Sevens, Speed, Matching, War, Takoyaki, Pig's Tail, Golf, Billiards, Bowling, Darts, Karam, whatever that is. <laughs> toy tennis, toy soccer, toy curling, toy boxing, toy baseball, air hockey, slot cars, fishing, battle tanks, team tanks, <gasps> shooting gallery, six ball puzzle, <laughs> sliding puzzle, Mahjong solitaire, Klondike solitaire, spider solitaire, and a piano. Ooh, wow. Yeah. That's quite a list. That is quite a list. Um, a handful in there that I don't recognize, and I think it's mostly the ones that you <laughs> stumbled on. But uh, but other than that, like I, I I do recognize most of those. So the cool thing about this game, well, one one of the cool things about this game is it is worldwide classics. So um, it it does have games from all over the world, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was gonna say maybe that was just their excuse to put in a bunch of Japanese games, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like Shogi, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, this is a great way to experience games that you've never played before so jake and i before we started we we just went through a couple games uh he beat my button checkers but then oh shoot no he beat my button table uh air hockey i'll get out of the way and say they were both very close games i think we're both terrible <laughs> at um checkers yeah. so it was a a nail-biting game of who which which bad player is gonna yeah. win and uh you had me like four to one 
in air hockey, and I like and he made the comeback somehow able to make the comeback. Regardless, the checkers did seem to offer guides, guided moves um, for those that may not know how to play. And so, does it? I mean, mahjong. It's been a long time since I've played that. Would, if I were to open that up, would it walk me through it pretty yeah, well? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much all the games have an assist mode mm-hmm. that tell you, even like games that I would consider not easy, but like I know poker well. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with Texas Hold'em, there's an assist mode that will be like, hey, this is a pair um, <laughs> or you have nothing. And so, yeah, it does. It does do a good job. It does do a good job of walking you through kind of all the new games that you haven't played. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can totally turn all that off and skip all the little intros and how to plays for games that you are familiar with, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really cool. I've seen some people online saying the game is too simple, and I disagree. I think 52 games, you're not going to get a huge amount of depth with anything. Some of the simplicity I like, such as in the games that I don't know, it would be weird to have a really in-depth shogi experience and be overwhelmed and be like, whoa, when I just am learning how to play shogi. Sure. Or Chinese checkers or Hanafuda. But it does hurt in games that I love, like Texas Hold'em, which is we played, Brayden and I played a game of Texas Hold'em. And mm-hmm. Both of the computers wiped the floor with us. Yeah. And I'll get into that. Like Texas Hold'em, it feels too simple to me because as I was telling you earlier, I really like playing poker in a way that's like, I'm going to make you go all in. You know what I mean? Especially if I win big uh, the turn and I have $200 or mm-hmm. 200 chips and you've got 50, then uh, I'm much more apt to put in just 60, to bet 60 to make you go all in or fold. Right. And in this game, you can't do that. You can only bet five five chips at a time and you can only bet more if people raise, mm-hmm. um, which is a little disappointing. But it's simple Texas Hold'em. It's not in-depth. It's an easy way to play. Like I was saying to you earlier... It's a, it's, it's a version of Texas Hold'em you could play with anyone. You could play with this, your six-year-old cousin or any you know anyone who's not into Texas Hold'em. And then maybe you just you figure out, oh my gosh, I love Texas Hold'em. Hey, go out and buy a deck of cards. Or mm-hmm. there's all kinds of poker games that you can play, you know? Yeah. And that's pretty the same with all of these. One of the only other games that the simplicity I felt hurt was the actual, I think the game that convinced me to buy this, which was bowling. Hmm. Because I saw it and I was like, we Sports 2.0, yeah. which uh, we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a bit simple in the fact that one of my major complaints with the game is when you have one system, the play, the amount of players is locked to two. Okay. So that works for most of these games because games like Mancala... Plenty of them just are naturally two-player yeah, games. Yeah, dots and boxes, chess, mm-hmm. checkers, two-player games, air hockey, two players. There are a handful of games like um, bowling... Darts, even you could play with four players. Tex Hold'em, um, you know, all those. There are there are a handful of games that feel like you should be able to play with four players, and you just can't, hmm. unless you have four switches. Not even two switches will do? No, because that's another, that's, that's something that I like about this game as well, is it harkens back to the days of Mario Kart DS and Metroid Prime Hunters, where you need one person with the game. You're on the school bus, yes. on the way to your field trip, the whole bus has their DSs, everyone's on download play. Exactly. Slamming Mario Kart. Exactly. Or it's every single day at extended care, <laughs> and you and the three other mis- misfits whose parents don't love them enough to pick them up after school um, <laughs> sit around playing um, Mario Kart DS every day, which is what I did. Drawing boobies um, in Picto Chat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, 
So when I saw that, I was like, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. But then also you remember that DSs were cheaper and everybody had a DS and not everybody's going to have a Switch. Um, So that's one thing that I noted is this could become a staple of house parties if you have three friends who have Switches. It can be a little difficult to make happen in real life. But, dude, this is the perfect couples game because... Um, even if you have one Switch or two Switches, which I'm lucky enough that my girlfriend does have a Switch, so we were able to play... Like, when you're playing with two people on one console, like, you can't play Texas Hold'em because you both need to have your own cards, but since she has her own Switch, mm-hmm. we're able to play Texas Hold'em. Having two Switches and two people lets you play everything multiplayer. Sure. Um, well, everything that is multiplayer, which is all of the games but one. There's, like, a puzzle game. Well, all the games but three because you can't play solitaire with someone else. Right. Um, there's two solitaire games. There might be another Mahjong. Point is, most of the games have two <laughs> players. So it's like the perfect couples game, and it is a good party game, but only if everybody has a Switch, you know? Yeah. Which is a bit disappointing, because I thought this was could be the next big Wii sport, which is, you know, everybody's here. Even though you can only play four players, you're still going to pull it out. People will switch in and out. Mm-hmm. Four feels like enough, you know? Right. Two is not enough, which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. So I am curious, did you play the original Clubhouse games on the DS? I had no idea it existed before um, reviewing this game. I didn't play it. I remember seeing it on the shelves and stuff at GameStop. And as a kid, this kind of thing would never have struck my interest. Oh, I no. wanted Zelda and Mario and Halo and all that. Like, I didn't want solitaire and, you know, knitting. Right. And it, it's kind of weird that, that now this excites us. I know, right, <laughs> right. Know? And so I don't know if that is a growing up thing or just a, a sign of the times that, you know, maybe... People want to go back to some simpler means of gaming. I, I never did play the DS version, but I, I am very, very much looking forward to, uh, to finding uses for this one. Right. And I will say, before we get off the topic, local play works perfectly. Very little lag. Um, we play we, we played a Rhino Texas Hold'em. I'm sure mm-hmm. you could tell it went completely well. Yeah. Um, online play uh, has gone flawlessly for me. And uh, I do suggest that for four-player games of chance you do play online play because the CPU is broken, dude. (laughs) It's so broken. For instance, I love Uno, and this game has Uno in it, Mm -hmm. but it's called Last Card, and it's literally just Uno. But um, when you play against CPUs, in a lot of these games, the CPUs have difficulty levels. So normal, hard, advanced, extreme, or impossible, something like that. Which, spoiler alert, uh, in games of chance, at least, mean nothing. Because I sat watching... I I sat on my Switch in handheld mode playing Last Card for an hour and a half while me and my girlfriend watched Parks and Recreation uh, playing against three CPU players on that were on normal difficulty, and it took me an hour and a half to win. <laughs> multiple rounds? Like, multiple matches? Over and over. I think I played, like, 50. Oh, my you know? gosh. Um, and I was like... I'm not giving up. Like, they Mm -hmm. are on normal difficulty. Like, what the heck? And I'm telling you, the computer cheats because you you played Uno before, right? Yeah. So you've got two cards in your hand Mm -hmm. and you got to get to zero cards. (laughs) The CPU has two cards and they play a wild card and the the, the color is orange and they play red. And so I've got, I don't know, three cards or even two cards in my hand and one of them being a wild card and the other one is not the color that they just played. Mm -hmm. So they just played red and I'm like, okay, so they've got a red. I'm going to change it to blue. And I change it to blue, and the final card in their hand is blue. Uh, and it's like, what? 
I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why would they do that? Or the color will be orange and they'll play a wild card, but the color they'll choose is orange again. So it's just orange yeah. again. You know? They'll do every time I lost. I mean, it is a game of chance, so of course you're gonna lose to easy quote unquote CPUs sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but like Really? It's that's a, that's so unrealistic. Like, that doesn't happen. Right. Like, that, that was the computer cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least that's how it felt to me. And there's another game called Ludo, which is um, just basically Sorry. My, and my girlfriend, Haley, and I have played that, like, four times. And uh, we just got our butts handed us to the C- <laughs> by the CPUs every single time because it's a game based on dice roll. And, and they just seem to always just kill us. They nail where they need to go. Yeah. So uh, in those games, which all of those games you can play completely four players online i've had zero latency and it works really well and i i think it's a good way to do it you know yeah Yeah. and you can also do it with friends if you happen to have four friends or three friends that have the game you can play it online with them so yeah little issues also not all of the games are winners uh i'm sure i heard you say this is another one of my little complaints and all of these i talk at length you know i'm talking at length so it makes it sound like all these are big issues but they're really not I, i gave the game an eight out of ten i think it's amazing but it's really weird seeing uh, toy tennis, toy soccer, toy curling, toy boxing, and toy baseball um, right next to golf, billiards, bowling, and darts, which feel like semi-full versions of those sports yeah. where you've got all these toy, like toy tennis, toy soccer, you know, toy boxing, toy baseball at least. Who cares about, who cares about curling, I guess. <laughs> but I'm sure someone does. I'm sorry to offend all of my curling fans out there. But those are all as if... So like toy soccer is basically like foosball, mm. you know? Um, and let me tell you, man, that does not work on a controller. <laughs> like it was impossible. I was like, what the heck? Toy baseball, um, is just like one of those little games where you pull it. It's like, you know, you, you pull the pinball back to shoot it and then you have a little guy, you press A to, yeah. and it just feels weird and unfair because you've got the little like outers who move on their own or mm-hmm. the, the um, outfielders that move on their own. So all of the outs that you get, I just don't feel fair. Yeah. Um, same with, uh, toy boxing. Toy boxing is like. Rock'em Sock'em Robots, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of these games are, like, fine. Toy Tennis is, like, the same way. Um, it helped them get up to the 51. Right. They're all, like, fine, but you're not really going to be playing these with other people. And by yourself, you're not going to play them for more than a few minutes. Yeah. But it's just really weird when you look at tennis, specifically tennis, boxing, and baseball. Because, like, toy soccer, okay. A full mini soccer game would be difficult. I get that. Mm-hmm. And foosball, like, that's a realistic yeah, yeah, board yeah. game, you know. Right. Same with game. toy curling, like, okay. But with tennis, boxing, and baseball, you had in, you had simple versions of those in Wii Sports, which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got bowling here, which is a little bit more simple, simple, is a little bit more simple than other bowling things that we've seen in, like, other Wii Sports games. Mm-hmm. But you've got billiards which feels like a full pool game really you've got i mean not you know it's still simple but it feels like pool Mm -hmm. and bowling feels like bowling and darts feels like darts darts is like the best game by the way i just love it's so cool Uh like throwing the dart i don't know i've had a lot of fun with darts Mm -hmm. but it just feels like they could have put this game out a month later and given us simple versions of at least tennis baseball and boxing Mm -hmm. that are reminiscent of their wii sports predecessors that were just simple and it would have I, like what I said in my reviews, it would have pushed this game into we like we sports level of like you need this. Yes, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So that was a bit disappointing. It's interesting. Why do you think they chose some games over others? Because I'm sure they had to pare down two fifty one. Dude, I mean, it really feels like they've got 
almost all of the quote-unquote generic essentials. Mm -hmm. And I guess to even convert like sorry into a generic. Yeah, but I that's the thing about that is is that existed before sorry. Uh-huh. Like, sorry, like, Ludo was a thing, you know, and I didn't know that. That's funny. So I forgot you said it's Ludo. Right. And that, you're right, that is, like, a real... Right. But it just feels like sorry, yeah. you know? It just feels like sorry. And the same, I think Uno really was. I don't know if, quote-unquote, last card existed before Uno, mm-hmm. but it's just Uno, you know? Yeah. Um, so there are a few generic versions of that. But one little cool thing for, like, single players um, is each of the games has a medal system, like, little achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very simple. It's, like win once yeah. or like beat all of the CPU levels. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, uh, but it's, it's cool when you play a game enough times, you'll get a little gold medal. It's like you mastered Texas Hold'em. Yeah. You know, so it's like a little, an- another extra little thing to do. And the more medals you get, um, I don't know how many there are because I haven't mastered all of them, but um, th- there's like a, a globe that you can look at and there are like little minifigures on the globe. Um, and when you go to them, they are, it's like, this is Janet, and her recommendations for worldwide games are these five games. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it felt kind of pointless, but sometimes it'll be like, Williams arrived on the board, and he has a present. And so, like, you go to it, and it was like, here are some Mario-themed playing cards. And so now for all the playing card oh, games. Oh, cool. Like, you saw, I think, when we played... Um, Hold'em. Texas Hold'em, yeah, they were like Mario cards. Uh-huh. Well, that is neat. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many extra little bonuses there are like that, but mm-hmm. they're, they're a little... If you're playing by yourself, there's little perks to kind of try and do everything so that way you can impress people when they come over. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the little menu people? Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about that. Um, It almost makes me a little uncomfortable. And they did, (laughs) even in that that trailer that that they released with all 51 games, it was like the little people on the screen telling you about the games. And they're like almost realistic like <laughs> i don't know i feel like they look like game pieces like they look like okay board game pieces. that's huh. and i think that's what they're going for yeah so before you start model every trains si- yeah they yeah. look like model train characters right. that's a good way to put it before you start every single game every single time this is a bit annoying because it plays every single time and it's easy to skip but um a little cutscene plays that's kind of kind of a how-to of how to play and also kind of just like these cast of four characters um, playing these games mm-hmm. and they're cute little funny moments about you know these these people go back and forth there's like an adult woman an adult man and a you know a little girl and a little boy mm-hmm. you know um and there's cute little interactions before them i like them i don't know okay well, it cool. reminds me of labo if, if you ever played with labo the lab like when you're building labo the they have little funny quips mm-hmm. that go along and like little fun you know so it, it reminded me a lot of that yeah you know and I don't know, I liked it. I thought it gave the game personality, sure. honestly. And I think that's what makes this game worth buying, almost, is the, you can feel the Nintendo polish. Even though it's not pu- developed by Nintendo, it's a Nintendo-published game. Oh, and it is pu- it is uh, uh, developed, the game is developed by NDQ, which are the current developers of the Mario Party series. So the same people that developed Super Mario Party, Mario Party 10, and Mario Party 9 developed this game. So it is a, like, Nintendo developer you know what i mean right yeah in-house i right. guess you might call it and and you can and you can feel you can feel it uh-huh. and i think that's why i also noted like when i see this when you see clubhouse games 51 games it makes me think of all those shovelware games that were on the wii that were like 30 family games <laughs> yeah. and they were all like 20 to 40 dollars so people would buy them because they were cheap and they were just terrible mm-hmm. this is not one of those games you yeah. know you feel the nintendo polish and i think it's worth playing 
Nice. Well, cool. I'm glad it's a fun collection. Yeah. This is this is the the Jake Rambles episode of the podcast. I feel like because we're learning a lot though. <laughs> but yeah, if you've got forty dollars sitting around and you have maybe a partner sitting around that wants to play games with you or a best friend or even if you just want to play games online and you, you're itching for that multiplayer experience on Switch or, you, you know, if you've got a player two, I think this is the perfect game. It sounds like it. Um, and even if you don't, it's still a lot of fun. It's $40 at launch. Um, it is published by Nintendo, so it'll probably sit there for forever. Because I could be like, I think it's good for $40, but also it'd be better for 20 or 30 mm-hmm. But like... 40's right where it needs to be, probably. 40's probably where it's going to stay, just because it's Nintendo. Yeah, you know? right. But, um, I don't know, there's a chance it'll go on sale. And uh, I think it's I think it's worth $40, and if you can find it for cheaper, it's extra worth it, mm-hmm. you know? Th- that was a fun little game that was not... It was, like, on my radar, but um, I forgot about it, and then I just remembered that it was coming out, like... I was so surprised yeah. when you just texted texted me that picture out of the blue, but I was so happy. I don't yeah. know. It, it's because, cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, I was reminded of its existence <laughs> out of the void and was, like whoa, a Nintendo published game is coming out. Uh I have to check this out. And I'm glad I did. Very good. So rolling out of a sort of collection of mini games, I guess you could almost say they are, you know, full-sized games, but we, it's a good time to move on into our Nintendo, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, So we like tying our Nintendo into our main topic somehow. We won't always, but uh, I think it's it's fun to try and do that. So um, we were racking our brain about what game we wanted to talk about, and we decided on Wii Sports. Which is an interesting choice, I think, because it's not a game that anyone exactly went out and bought. It's a game that came with everyone's Wii. And so if you had a Wii, theoretically you had Wii Sports. And so everybody's played this. Yeah, and it's on like the list of the highest selling games of all time. And it's like, that feels like a cop out. Right, it's kind of cheating, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So if you're if you're unaware of what we're talking about, Wii Sports was bundled with the Wii throughout, I believe the entire Wii's lifespan. Every console that was sold was bundled with Wii Sports. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even if you got an, a, like a, a special bundle, like I know there were some bundles that came with like Mario Galaxy or like new Super Mario Brothers Wii. I'm pretty sure all of those also came with Wii Sports. Right, you know? yeah. Yeah, so Wii Sports was a compilation game. Um, of it, it did not have 52 games, but it had five. Um, tennis, baseball, bowling, golf, and boxing. I tried to list that off like three times, and it didn't <laughs> work. So I got Jake to do it. But all five were actually very different from one another. It didn't feel like you were just doing the same actions over and over. Um, and each sport fully utilized the Wii's brand new motion controls that uh, no other video game consoles had attempted before. Um, the, the Wii was obviously revolutionary in its, uh, I almost said Joy-Con, but it's uh, the Wiimote nunchuck. And so for boxing, you would plug in your nunchuck and you would you would have to mimic your punching. I don't know how in-depth Clubhouse Games take some of these uh, actions, but um, tennis, you would swing your Wiimote like a tennis racket. Golf would expect you to swing it over your shoulder. And, and you know, it goes on. But these were really mind-blowing uses of the Wii's technology that uh, Nintendo was obviously trying to show off at the time. And then it just turned into actually quite a popular game over the years that I, I know it got us through a whole lot of parties. Yeah, and uh, like you were saying, looking back on the original Wii's motion controls, um, they're pretty primitive, you know, because, um, you know, even 
halfway-ish through the Wii's lifespan, we got Wii Motion Plus, mm-hmm. which improved it a lot. And then, you know, especially when you compare it to, like, the VR technology we have now, especially with, like, the Vive, like, the HTC Vive and mm-hmm. Oculus and stuff, it's really primitive. But uh, in 2007, it was, like, like you said, it was, like, mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And the, the coolest thing about Wii Sports is the Wii was incredibly popular, I would say, in part, due to Wii Sports, because it didn't it was it was one of the first gaming consoles that everyone needed quote unquote everyone wanted it mm-hmm. my my grandparents my 65 year old at the time grandparents had a Wii you know mm-hmm. because everybody sees this and it's like that looks like fun and everyone knows tennis everyone knows baseball and everyone knows bowling and everyone knows golf and everyone knows boxing mm-hmm. and you didn't have to none of these even though they were like motion it wasn't crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. You could not have, you know, your, you you're didn't not gonna, have to be fit. You're not going to throw your shoulder out playing tennis. Right. You definitely could because <laughs> you can get into it, but you don't yeah, have that's, to. That's true. I guess I saw some broken TV screens and stuff Oh, for yeah. Sure. I've definitely almost broken TV screens from <laughs> from bowling, you know, because uh-huh. I wouldn't listen and I wouldn't put on the, like, wrist strap. I still do that with, with the Joy-Cons. Yeah. Sometimes when my girlfriend and I were playing darts on 51 Clubhouse games, we had to make sure we had those on. Is that right? And there was one time that she threw it and it came out of her hand. And we were like, <laughs> thank goodness you mm-hmm. had that on. But yeah, it was the first, it was one of the first games, I, I, I would wager to say, maybe outside of Tetris on the Game Boy in the 90s, um, or in 1989, this was like the first game where it's like everybody needed it, regardless of age. I think, so We Fit, coming down the line, obviously blew this idea up. But I, Wii Sports managed to capture the idea that it is almost exercise. Side note, did you know that the game Wii Sports Club on Wii U is just a high-definition remake of Wii Sports? I had no idea. Sorry, I'm sitting on the like Wikipedia page for Wii Sports. And it's on the Wii U, you said? Yeah, Wii Sports Club, which I knew there was a Wii Sports game on Wii U. But no, it's literally just, I mean, it's a, it's a high-definition, quote-unquote, remake, which weirdly enough makes me want to check it out. I know. <laughs> you know? Boxing in HD. <laughs> right. Um, sorry, that was a complete aside. No, you're but, fine. Uh, Did you ever play Wii Play? Of course, because that was out around the launch and it was, you know, the price of a Wiimote and it came with a game. Absolutely. You know, uh-huh. that, that's why so many people bought Wii Play uh-huh. is which I don't think Wii Play is ever really worth having a gym episode on because it's not very good. It's, yeah. So I guess we can talk about it here, but I don't I don't remember enough about Wii, Wii Play to really talk about it. But I just remember being disappointed in comparison to Wii Sports. Right. Um, but it, that was another that, that felt like the part two game. That felt like the Wii Sports Part 2, as in, like, everybody had it, because mm-hmm. it came with the Wiimote. The Wii Motion Plus, right? No, it was just a Wiimote. Wii Motion Plus didn't come out until Wii Sports Resort, which was 2009. I that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Wii Play just came with a regular Wiimote. Dang. But it was the either the same price or, like, $5 more expensive, you know? 5 or 10 bucks more expensive, so everybody bought it. I know we did, because, you know... Yeah. You cuz everyone thought you were going to get Wii Sports 2 or Wii Sports <laughs> but not Sports and uh-huh. a and a Wii Mote. Right. You know, you didn't. But um yeah. So, yeah, sorry. That was out of nowhere, but I just remember being disappointed cuz I wanted Wii Sports 2. Right. And um Wii Sports was not a complicated in-depth game, you know? It uh it wasn't you know, while a lot of people probably only had Wii Sports for a time, it was not a game that you would sit with. It's not like um, Ring Fit Adventure. It, it's not like Ring Fit Adventure, which um, is sold out everywhere, and I want it so bad, and I'm so mad I didn't have it in quarantine because now quarantine's pretty much 
I mean, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, we're having to go back to our normal lives. And I had all these months of sitting around inside and I would have <laughs> killed to mess around with Ring Fit Adventure, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. The point is Ring Fit Adventure is more of like a real game. Wii Sports is not that. You know, it really is just a small collection of mini games that probably if it sold on its own would have been a $20, $30 game. You right. Know? To stick with your Ring Fit Adventure comparison, I do think Ring Fit Adventure has goals and almost a story. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there are achievements to be made. Right. Whereas Wii Sports, there's nothing. You, you just play the sport. Right, exactly. Um, but the, the sports do feel fleshed out enough where they don't they, they don't feel like mini games in a mini game collection like the games in Clubhouse games do. Which isn't a huge knock on Clubhouse games, but you can feel that bowling on Clubhouse games doesn't feel as good mm-hmm. as Wii Sports bowling. Sure. And that's why I was saying, when I was talking about the simplicity of that game, I would have liked for them to have Wii Sports level versions in this, because like I was saying, it would have made it a, oh, you need this game. Right. You know what I mean? Because Wii Sports was, I mean, it was a, if you have a Wii, like you need to play mm-hmm. Wii Sports because it's just, it's undeniably like a ton of fun. Absolutely. What was your favorite sport? Do you recall? Bowling. Easy. Really? Yeah, dude. I didn't even have to think about it. Did you ever throw the ball backwards and get all the little, oh, yeah. the memes and they go, do, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do the little jump and spin. <laughs> um, Wii Sports is really special to me because, like I said, my whole family was able to play it and, uh, they actively wanted to. So I have very fond of memories of playing Wii Sports, not only with my parents, but also with my grandparents, where we would all That's gather cool. around the TV at my childhood home. And specifically, uh, bowling was the one that we all loved. So I have so many fond memories of playing bowling. Like, since the Wii wasn't perfect, I used to, like, walk away with my remote to, like, go to the bathroom. And my parents would be like, Jake, it's your turn. And in the bathroom, I would like bowl and I would get like strikes from the bathroom and they'd be like, what are you doing? And I thought I was like the coolest kid, you know, because I'd be in the other room getting strikes or whatever. I don't know. I have a lot of really special memories for that. So bowling, bowling is definitely my favorite. What about you? I'm going to have to go with, based on my memories, boxing, because that that was high competition right there. I just remember like getting into heated, I won't say arguments over boxing, but you know, like it. I remember it feeling powerful and dynamic. I remember my me getting punched and like the the remotes vibrating and like, I don't know. I just remember a whole lot of tension to the boxing game, both one player and two player. So I, I kind of have to say, I think that's my favorite. Boxing is the one where you really get a workout. At least mm-hmm. little kid me did because I would like flail my arms. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, and this was another one of the first games that kind of introduced putting you in the game, you know, because it had the Miis. They weren't perfect recreations of your person, but um, it felt like, oh, there's me. There I go. Like, uh-huh. it's not generic man one and generic woman two or generic person. You know, it's like there is my me and there is grandpa's me and there is mom's uh-huh. me. You know what I mean? Well, I don't remember that being cool. Like you could go over to your friend's house and then bring your me back in. You know, mm-hmm. you would keep your me at your friend's house and then you could bring them you, they were always there. Right. And so, yeah, it is, like you're saying, that, that, that is a neat feature. Yeah, so that's just another cool thing that I, I think, another reason why Wii Sports was just so appealing. Yeah, like, like I was saying, they're not complicated, but I don't think they had to be. They were perfect for what they were, and they were just, they were just a ton of fun. So this is tangentially related to Wii Sports, um, but it's more of just kind of a fun little Easter egg that I'm sure you're familiar with. But are you familiar with Totaka's song? Yes, I am. For those uninitiated, 
Totaka's song is a song, uh, it's, it's more like a little tune um, by Kazumi Totaka, who is a uh, composer for Nintendo. If I'm not mistaken, he, uh, he wrote the Kirby music, a lot of the, the original and most famous Kirby music, um, Animal Crossing. And what he does, he hides a 19-note, 8-bar melody in the games that he's worked on. Um, and Wii Sports is actually one of the few games that Totaka's song has been found in. I think there's about a dozen to 15 games that this little tune has been found in. And I just, I thought it was interesting that Wii Sports was one of them. Yeah. Did you know he was the sound director on Animal Crossing New Horizons? So I, I didn't. I wonder if Totaka's song is in that. Probably is. Uh, somewhere. And sometimes it's it's built into other songs, and sometimes you have to sit on a menu for 10 minutes, and then it'll play. I remember a few years back, my brother and I going through all their games, trying to find the songs ourselves. But, uh, but yeah, that's a cool little Easter egg. Yeah, I, just some video game lore, some, you know, <laughs> whatever. Like I said, it's not it's not a deep game, but it's an important game. And it's an important game to a lot of people. This This game was a lot of people's only interaction ever with video games. Like, meaningful interaction. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Other than, like, I mean, I guess I guess I don't want to say only because I'm sure a lot of those same people played Just Dance and played other sports games on the Wii. And, you know, but a lot of, I know so many people that got a Wii, everyone had a Wii, and didn't, have never bought a game system since, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> to your point, the amount of people that come into Target asking where the Wii games are. Still? Still. That, yes, people are still, you know, entirely gaming on their Wii. They do still have Just Dance 2020 at Target. I was there yesterday and I saw it. For the Wii or Wii U? The Wii. Do you uh, not know that? I knew it was the last game produced Dude, for the Wii. You want to hear this? The, the funniest thing about this, if you can really tell how dead the Wii U is, um, just Dance has been coming out. Every, this is they've said 2020 is the last game that's going to come out on Wii. Right. The last Just Dance game, but they've been releasing it every year. So for a while, it was Just Dance 2016 on you know Wii and Wii U, and then 2017, 2018, 2019 was Switch, Wii, Wii U. 2020, it was Switch and Wii. Oh they skipped Wii U. They did not port it to Wii U. That's hilarious. which is funny. Um, so they would have just lost money. I mean, probably just straight up money hole. There, yeah, because like you said. And and I never really got that. I, I mean, for fans of the podcast, you might know that we both worked at Target. When I when I worked heavily at Target, I never had anyone ask me about the Wii. But um, we had people come in all the time when I worked at GameStop just to buy our Wii games, like our used Wii games. A surprising, insane amount of people. Um, so yeah, there are still people out there that still just play their Wii, mostly of... 40 plus, I would probably. say. It's probably the game system that's at grandma's, but... Yeah, this game, along with, you know, games like that. But I'm sure there are definitely people where, specifically, like, grandparents, this was their mm-hmm. one experience with the video games. Yeah. That wasn't, get off the Don Nintendo, <laughs> yeah. you know. Why are you shooting people in the Halo? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. It was, oh, I'm going to play this too, and I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, my grandparents would bring it up and be like, let's play bowling uh-huh. tonight, uh-huh. you know? Which was cool. And I, I ate that up when I was younger. Sure. Um, and it, the the neatness, quote unquote, of that has not been lost on me. Yeah. So I'd say, and I'm sure you agree, that's why this is a Nintendo gem. Wii Sports is a true Nintendo gem. Do you have any, any closing thoughts or anything else about Wii Sports? I hope that if you haven't played it before, you can go scrounge up a Wii in Wii Sports and give it a shot. Um, and if you have played it before, go pop it in. 
Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that might be all we have. Yeah, I think I think that'll do that for us. All right. Well, thank you so much for sticking along, listening to us ramble about our favorite games. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. I'm going to probably set us up a Twitter, maybe an Instagram. I don't know. But right now we're on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Um, so like us on Facebook. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Podbean. And I think that'll do it for us. Um, that sounds good to me. Also, I guess if you want to follow me, I have a Twitter, um, jyoder1624 on Twitter. I, I make I make tweets. You want to hear my hot tweets? Well, yeah. Well, I, I've recently made a, made a Twitter comeback. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> From the words of Jake Yoder. <laughs> May 27th. Billy Hatcher for Smash Sakurai. The people demand it. That's a hot tweet. That's a, that's a gem. We'll talk about Billy Hatcher. Wow. Da-da-dun. June 3rd. I think about Shikamaru a lot. You ever watch Naruto? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I know Shikamaru. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. June 7th. Snakes are misunderstood and just want to be loved. Dun, dun, dun. April 17th. How do you marry Sable from Animal Crossing? Asking for myself, not a friend. So for hot tweets like that, retweets about my, my reviews from Noisy Pixel, follow me on Twitter, jyoder1624. For, uh, for fun times. You should you should get in on that, Brayden. Old man Brayden. Twitter's hard and scary. You kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, so follow us on all those social media and podcasting platforms. We also have an email. It's nintengems at gmail.com. Please send us some comments, suggestions, even yell at us. That would be so neat. I would love to have fan mail. That would be neat, guys. So consider it. Yeah, I think that'll do it for us, guys. All right, thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next time. My name is Brayden. And I'm Jake. And this is Nintendo Gems. See you guys.